Cast. It's me, Matt, and with me is not Matt. Not Matt. Yes, that Cyber everyone's favourite. Um, what? <laughs> everyone's favourite, not Matt. Yeah, it's not Matt. Yeah, that's wow. the only condition for being that's a, a favourite. Not a... be me. Hey, <clears throat> you're everyone's favourite. Is Matt? Everyone. Yes, has Matt. Everyone's favourite. Who is me? I mean, everyone's favourite me. I feel like we started on the wrong foot. Can we cuddle? No. Oh. No, okay. absolutely not. Fine. If well, for no other reason, then it just it's bad for the sound quality. Um, fine. Don't cuddle me then. That's cool. What what else are we going to do then we, for the next two hours? We saw Alita Battle Angel, and we're going to talk about it in great detail. But first, <laughs> but first, <laughs> um, we've also got uh, Super Bowl trailers to have a little chat about. There were many. And we've got some emails to get to. But before we get to those emails, we said last week we would open this week... <laughs> With oh, your new Doctor Who top ten lists yes. and favorite episodes. Yes, we um, did. So I am going to do just that. Um, if you did send, if you sent us other stuff in the same email, don't worry, we'll get to it. We're just doing the Doctor Who stuff. Foist at the moment. Um, Compartmentalizing. Thank you for the great response to that episode, by the way. Um, <clears throat> it's, been, it's been funny. <clears throat> it's almost as if people like to hear us reluctantly talk about Doctor Who. I know, I know, I know. Uh, this <laughs> one comes in from... The past. Uh, Lewis, who says, greetings all. Hi, Lewis. Didn't do my favourite classic story, so I'll quickly reel them off here. No, you can't. You're not allowed. <laughs> to name a few. <laughs> to name a few. Remembrance of the Daleks, Greatest Show in the Galaxy, Caves of Androzani, Pyramids of Mars, Black Orchid, Two of the Cybermen, and Spearhead from Space. Oh, good picks. As I say, that's only a handful. I love the classic series two bits. Oh, baby cakes. Um, modern Who, then? I love all of series one. It's perfect, particularly the finale, which is a perfectly constructed 90 minutes to tell it. I adore The Impossible Planet. Love and Monsters is my favourite story of the second series. Yes, I'm being deadly serious. I love it. Um, <clears throat> series 3 is my favourite series so we're going to love them all and the last half is Perfection um, Midnight Turn Left in the Waters of Mars are three of my all time favourites all masterpieces Vincent and the Doctor is impeccable television as is the series 5 finale series 6 has The Girl Who Waited which is great not much to speak about in 7, 8 or 9 simply because I don't enjoy them I adore The Doctor Falls, and Rosa from Series 11 is one of the finest tales of Doctor Who has ever told. I. M. O. <laughs> I couldn't possibly compile a top ten list for either classic or new Who. There's so much stuff to love in both that it's far too difficult. There's a lot of shite, but that's by the by. <laughs> so yeah, that's all from me. Goodbye, my dears. Oh, you Lewis. failed. You failed, Lewis. Because <clears throat> it was supposed to be a list, and you did not deliver us a list. Oh, what's going to happen to him now? Absolutely nothing. And some would say that's the worst punishment. Absolutely nothing ever again. <gasps> um, Matt will be there every week on Friday to make sure that that's exactly what has not happened to you. Tom Monty comes at us with a list which he constructed using Preference Revealer. Wow, that's um, a thing. Thanks, Tom. Monty. What the fuck is Preference Revealer? It's a site. It's a website. You know those things you like to look at? Yeah. This is like that, but with less boobies. Yeah. Sorry, hang on, I'm talking to you. 
This is like that, but with less pictures of Starscream and jazz. Sorry. Uh, Tom Monty's top ten modern Doctor Who episodes are from ten to one. Number ten, turn left. Number nine, the empty child slash the doctor dances. Number eight, the impossible planet slash the second bit. Number seven, down from sit, down from one. It's midnight. Number six, from season four, Silence in the Library, Forest of the Dead. Number five, season three's standout with a famous Kerry Mulligan before she was famous. It's Blink. Number four, end of series one, Bad Wolf, Pine of the Ways. Number three, the girl in the fireplace, somebody get her out. Number two, the waters of Mars. And number one, human nature and the family of blue. Good choice. We didn't mention that one at all. That is a great one. Didn't actually. mention that one at all. And do you know what's interesting about that top ten? What? Nothing from after the Russell era. Yes. Well, it's because it's from preference revealer. There you go. So there's no room for human nuance. It's all. It's the, the algorithm did it. The <laughs> algorithm knows. Wolves did it. Wolves. <laughs> this one comes in from Jacob. Jacob says afternoon cockers. Oh, oh, using language like N- that are we see? now. Jacob, straight to the point. This is why I like Jacob. Straight to the point. No, no, no fussing. No muss. No fuss. No muss. I hate you both, Here, but Jacob. Oh, right, just... <laughs> thanks. Um, here are my top ten modern Who stories, in not really any particular order. Well, what? They've got to be in order. No, it's fine. They don't have to be in order, but they do. Um, it's like choosing between your ten different children. It's like a reverse are. list. Number ten: Human Nature, Family of Blood. Number nine: Fires of Pompeii, or A Good Man Goes to War. Oh. You can't have an or. Can you have an or? Can you have an or? Yeah. This just in from the rules. You can have an or. Um, <laughs> we'll just discount one of them mentally as an honourable mention. Okay. Yeah. Uh, number eight, Vincent and the Doctor. Yes, boy. Number seven, Impossible Planet slash Satan Pit. Number six, Midnight. Number five, World Enough and Time slash The Doctor Falls. Uh, number four, Silence in the Library slash Forest of the Dead. Uh, three, End of Time, parts one and two. Mm. Yeah. yeah. Okay. It's one uh, story. Number two. No, no. I'm just thinking both parts. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Um, <laughs> number two, school reunion, and number one, stolen earth slash journey's end. The By journey's Jiminy. end. Do there's a lot of love for stolen earth and journey's end. Um, honorable mentions for Rosa, Amy's choice, Day of the Doctor, all of series one, including Christmas Invasion, Resolution, Voyage of the Damned. The Impossible Astronaut and the Shakespeare Code. That's very interesting. Impossible Astronaut, but not Day, Day of the Moon as well. No, just Impossible Astronaut. That's very interesting. You know, re- revisiting those episodes for Time Team, I realised Impossible Astronaut is amazing. Day of the Moon is uh, a microcosm of everything wrong with the narrative of that show going forward from that episode onwards. <laughs> yep. When you look back on it. It sets the rest of the Moffat era up for failure. Yeah, it's like episode one is incredible, episode two shits all over everything episode one sets up and then carries on going it's really weird let's do something we're never going to pay off properly um <laughs> and then he continues to do that for another four five seasons four and a half seasons um <clears throat> this one comes in from miles he says Bye, good guys. day good day big damn lads uh loved your recent episode on your top 10 modern who stories great choices <laughs> great choices thought i'd throw my hat in the ring and offer up mine <laughs> well your hat or the ring oh god <laughs> 
Oh dear. <laughs> oh no. That oh went dark dear. very quickly. Uh, number 10, The Witch Finders. Laddie, what impeccable taste you have. Um, <laughs> nine, Boomtown. Mm, steak looks nice. Steak oh, and I love Boomtown. Uh, number eight, World Enough and Time. Slash The Doctor Falls. A lot of The Doctor Falls love. I can see it. It's pretty decent. I can see it. It. That's the last one of series 10. World Enough and Time, I think, is the, my, the, the favourite of mine from that two part because of the setup. Yeah. And, the, and also, the... you, also, you genuinely had no idea that was John, so you got a brilliant yes. reveal. Yeah, yeah, they did a really good job of hiding um, John Sim. Um, number seven, The Stolen Earth slash Journey's End. Number six, Utopia. Uh, number five, The God Complex. The God Complex is pretty good. I like The God Complex. Um, Gear. <laughs> number four, Vincent and the Doctor. Uh, number three, Voyage of the Damned. Mm. Number two, Midnight. As opposed to... End of night, start of night. Ah, uh, you inserted number one a, a hyphen. Number one, the empty child slash the doctor dances. Nobody able as chickens. <laughs> I'll keep it short and sweet. Thanks again for all the laughs. Goodbye, my dears. Thank Miles. you, Miles. Miles. Thank you, Miles. I'm a Thank fan you. of your knees. I'm a fan of your work. I'm a fan um, of the way. You sing a tune. Don't throw your hat in the ring. You might get it dirty. Uh, this one comes in from... Oh, no. No, this is... For laters. That's for laters. That's for laters. And this one comes in from... Johnny! From John... Mastercast. Johnny boy. Mastercast. Who did send us another email about Mastercast, which we didn't do because it's not about the top 10 Doctor Who stuff. But we'll do it at the end of this episode. Um. Uh, this is a long one. Uh, speed read. Do yes. You speed read? Um, no. 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 Oh. No. Oh. Uh, hello, because I'm Matt from Mastercast here again. Although I promise I won't mention my own podcast this time. I was a little hesitant to write it again. <laughs> oh, yeah, God, you just did. Yes, you did. <laughs> also, it's from the email address mentions Mastercast. Yeah. Um, I was a little hesitant to write in again, seeing as I'd already sent him one email this slash last week. Yeah, we didn't get to it. So don't worry, we're going to get to it. But I just couldn't resist talking about some of my favourite Doctor Who stories. I found your list really interesting in terms of including episodes which most people don't usually consider, especially Victory of the Daleks, which I don't agree with you on. Emphasis mine. Uh, but it's <laughs> nice to know I'm not the only one who quite likes the Paradigm Daleks. People who like the Paradigm Daleks are a forgotten breed. <laughs> Our time is coming. We will rise Did you realize from the depth. Did you realise they're not going to be in the show, right? Shut the fuck up. It's great to see <laughs> stories like Tooth and Claw and The Impossible Planet as well, as you don't often see those on lists like these, but they're both great in their own ways. Uh, Tooth and Claw has the best piece of music in the show, period, and The Impossible Planet slash Satan Pit is my favourite two-parter of the entire run. It's very good. It is tasty. Some of my favourites uh, that weren't mentioned by you are Human Nature slash Family of Blood. Yeah. One of Tenet's best performances, and Freema holds her own pretty well too. The Unicorn and the Wasp. Just a fun spoof of a hood on it. What's yeah. not to love? Also, I've worked with Vanilla Woolgat and a couple of radio dramas, and she's lovely, and does a great Agatha Christie. Hey. Um, Amy's Choice is one of Matt's best stories, in my opinion, and God Complex in a town called Mercer is underrated as well. Hmm. And I think A Christmas Carol is the best Christmas special, but that's just me. And then there's my favourite Doctor. Doctor? Doctor? Doctor. My favourite Doctor. My favourite Doctor. My favourite Doctor. Uh, Peter Capaldi. <laughs> Pop a couple up. Time Heist. Me on the Orient Express? Yeah, okay. Flatline? Okay. Under the Lake slash Before the Flood is the best story in Series 9 by Heaven Sent. Okay, I can see that. Um, Return of Doctor Mysterio is pretty good. 
Uh, and yeah. smile is a damn sight better than he had any right to be. Yeah, true. That's very true. true. Um, also, the more I think about it in series 11 as a whole, the more I'm really starting to like the woman who fell to earth. Well, she loves you too, Johnny. Um, they're <laughs> some of my favourites and ones I think are quite underrated. I don't know if you could tell, but I quite like Toby Whithouse. Is it Whithouse or Whitehouse? Uh, Whithouse. 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 Toby Whithouse. Do you think it was Whitehouse, but he... Uh, Change it to distance himself from Mary. Used to be um, shit house. <laughs> but I'm interested to know that there are some episodes that aren't necessarily your favourites. To quote from something nobody told me with But you think deserve more love than they currently get, and why? That's all for now. <laughs> oh fucking hell. It's a good change. <laughs> it's a good change. <laughs> Yeah. Oh, yes. Damn. Yes. So your your mole. <laughs> what? What? What about it? What, wasn't it? Wasn't it on the other side? <laughs> Wait. I have a mole. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Why should the people believe you? Because unlike most other Robin Hoods, I speak with an English accent. <laughs> <laughs> um, I'm going to take my tiny star scream in my hand. That's not a euphemism. As we move on to the next section of today's um paid quest, paid quest, paid quest podcast, podquest, penguins. Um, so, in the states, every February they have a big sports game. Yeah, they have the we're throwing thing around. The big pigskin party. A big shoulders. A big sports bar. Um, <laughs> Super Bowl. The Super Bowl number whatever it is. The superest of all the Super Bowls. Uh, the Patriots won like their sixth Super Bowl, so everyone made <laughs> Infinity Wars, Infinity War, Infinity Gem jokes. Oh. Mm. Mm. Oh yeah, because six rings. Six. Six gems. Mm. Now, now he can. Now the quarterback can do the snap. Oh, they get their infinity uh, uh, joke in. Yeah, the yeah. Bastards. Honestly, um, <laughs> I had mine cut from a script. One. So of course, <laughs> not so that he's bitter. Not that I'm bitter. I'm um, just a bit miffed. <laughs> so we need to talk about all the things that had trailers. Yeah. In the Super Bowl, because the they've become, they've become as much of a highlight at the Super Bowl as anything else, haven't they? It's Let's not the Super honest. Bowl, it's the Superb Owl. Oh, it's actually a judgment of the quality of the, of the nighttime birds in the in the Americas. That's amazing. Whilst people Whilst we, yes. on the ground. But really, it's about the, the birds. Superb Owl. Superb Owl. Let's talk about the um, Superb Owl <laughs> trailers that showed during the thing now some of these are big trailers some of them are tv spots some of them are teasers but basically advertisers get a lot of money because of film studios especially spend a lot of money during the super oh Bowl. you know what that big lebowski thing was oh what did it turn out to be it was a stellar artois advert oh fair deuce at least it's for a beer i like yay i guess what i like stella a lot actually ah! stella Stella! Um, I can already hear, um, oh, did you wear your wife pizza? What are you drinking it? <laughs> comments being typed up. <laughs> yes, I do, actually. <laughs> I like a string vest. It airs out my pits. And he likes hitting his wife as well. Wow. Uh, <laughs> you know what's weird? Norm- 
Normally my reaction that would be, haha. And then in my head I was like, oh, I have a wife now. <laughs> oh. That's why it's darkly funny. Um, oh, God. I don't, it, it, to make it clear, I don't. Doesn't. I doesn't. don't. I don't wear a wife beater and beat my wife. Yeah. I beat other people's wives. <laughs> Oh, fantastic. They do pay him for it. Yeah, though. to be fair. To be it's, fair. It's very, the wives, not the other people. It's a niche fetish, yeah. but, you know, they dig it. Oh, God. Well, how did we end up there? Anyway. Let's get back to the owl. The the owl trailers. The, the superb owl, owl trailers. trailers. Um, first up, <laughs> at least in the order that I watched them in the Supercut video that was on YouTube that I found. Good work. Because I couldn't be bothered searching them all out individually. Um... <laughs> Avengers Endgame. Yeah, 30 second, 30 second teaser. Yeah, yeah. Ah, uh, yeah. Narrated by Cap, showing that he might be the driving force behind yeah. them fi- finally solving it. But, do you know what it presented to me? Uh, the most interesting out of everything we see in this little teaser? The support group for the people left behind. Yeah. Yeah. Like, this is clearly set a little while after yeah. the end of Infinity War on a planet Earth. And of course, maybe we'll get to see other planets' reactions to it as well. I'm just wondering... I, I'm... On a planet Earth where everyone's like... My loved ones disappeared. Yeah. Or like, you know, my my daughter and my husband vanished and I'm left on my own. Me and my son are the only ones here. We don't know what's going on. It's essentially the rapture. Essentially yeah. the rapture's just happened. But they don't know if anyone's gone to a better place or anything like that. Yeah. They're just gone. Probably not because they all turned into dust. They'll probably, they'll, they might tie into that. They might have like a religious group sort of adopt it as like, well, obviously they've been sent to heaven and we left here on earth of the sinners. <laughs> yeah. And, I reckon All this so. stuff like there's some really interesting places to go, but it's also the fact that Steve Rogers is just sat in one of these support groups. Yeah, which is nice because it's harking back to Winter Soldier. Yeah, the best MCU movie. God damn it. Okay, it is. Damn it, it's opinion. Burger King, but have it's it totally your way. right. Yeah. Um... <laughs> <laughs> nice. Um... But that's interesting. Uh, Rocket yeah. on a coastal Rocket. town somewhere, wearing his freaking comic book costume. Well, people think from the outline going up, but it's it, very it, dark. It's, it's like a blue jacket and pants. He's got Don't red gloves and he's get got your a red. Hopes up. He's got a red. Because if the movie fasten. comes out, then he won't be wearing it, and everyone will get really upset and declare it the worst movie ever. No, but you know that they would do something like that to go. Go on, if he's going to change his outfit, let's stick him in this. There you go, everybody. Fine. There's the outfit from the comic view. Fine. Um, so I dug, I dig that. There's not much to say about it, really, though, other than that it's uh, Avengers, a shot it of looks Thor good. in what looks like the opening doorway of that, uh, hut that Thanos walks out of at the end of number yeah, one. Yeah, kind of, I guess. So it looks like Thor's bringing the Maybe fight they're, they're to Thanos. tracking him. They're tracking mm. him doom. Tracking him reet doom. Um, up a treat. Up a treat! <laughs> oh, God. Reet doom, up a treat. Um, yeah, I mean, it's, it's what do we the think, next Avengers movie. What do you think of that theory that there's someone missing in that shot? Of everyone looking up, I think it's just that's the way it's framed. I wouldn't put it. I wouldn't put it. I wouldn't put it past them because they do that shit all the time. To do it, but at the same but time, I would have. I would have thought maybe they would have added someone who wasn't there instead, possibly because they've done that before. That big shot at the end of the uh, Infinity War trailer we saw for ages of them all charging through the the field of Hulk wasn't in the movie at all. And Hulk wasn't there. (laughs) Hulk wasn't there. But like for Civil War, they removed Spider-Man from the trailers and brought everyone closer together so there wasn't a gap. So. I don't know. I think I think they're baiting us on purpose. Here. Yeah, I reckon so. But what was it? Why not? They they did show a shot from the first trailer. That shot of the hangar, and in this version, yes. there were people walking through the hangar. Yes. So they're letting us know that these trailers are not to be taken as gospel. No, which I think is quite cool. They're just there to tease. Yeah. To tease to, to surprise and delight. I like the tone. Um, I like the tone. 
So it's um, bleak, and I imagine the film's going to be like that at the start. Yeah, which is quite nice. Oh well, the, oh, of course, the other, one of the other rumors is that we've only seen about stuff from the first twenty minutes of the movie. Yeah, I'm getting that. And also, a lot of stuff coming out saying, "Ooh, maybe the Black Knight's going to be in it," and I'm like, "Where the fuck has that come from?" That'd be references somewhere. Like, where the, the Black Knight? I mean, yeah, fine, do the Black Knight, whatever. But nice, cool shot of uh, of. I love the fact that we're at a point now where trailers getting people excited. Where there's a shot of. Scott Lang's Ant-Man and War Machine suiting up is a, a shot that gets everyone really excited 2019 baby welcome to 2019 Scott Lang's Ant-Man is something that makes cinemas lose their shit Year of the Lang um, Year of the Lang baby Fast and Furious presents Hobbs and Shaw <laughs> because aka a shorter title <laughs> Well, a, a long title deserves a long trailer. It, and it's like two and a half minutes. Fucking hell, this was a long trailer. It's like the whole film. Yeah, it was pretty much the whole thing. Now, are you a favourite Fast and Furious? Nope. I remember seeing, I've only seen the first one. I remember seeing the original, and I remember seeing the second half of, like, number six on TV and going, okay, this is a lot of fun. Yeah. Um, that's what I hear. I hear yeah, it, this is a lot it's, of fun. It's, it's, I hear that a lot. They're great for people who just want to have fun. Apparently, like films, is it five, six, like seven, girls. and eight are their own kind of series? Yeah, girls do just want to have fun. All they really want <laughs> is family and fast cars and yeah. shit like that. But yes, yeah, so like it's five, six, seven, and eight are a series effectively oh, that, okay. that come out like characters from the previous four are in them. Yes, and stuff. But um, also, it's a bit timey-wimey, like, one, two, three, four, and another one take place out of order? Yeah, because Han dies in Tokyo Drift, but he's in all of the other ones, and I think he... The implication is Tokyo Drift is set later. Tokyo Drift is set later, and then it catches up with it in seven, I think. Right, okay. Or eight? No, seven, I think. So for a turn your brain off franchise, yeah. it has some weirdly sort of specific lore. But hey, it looks like they're getting kind of sci-fi, eh? Yeah, so... with a supervillain using a tech suit and possibly drugs to make himself like he's durable, super, he's genetically modified. Yeah, genetically modified Idris Elba, Brixton. So basically, he's called Brixton. In this they've taken perfection. They've taken perfection and made it a little bit more perfect. Perfect, yeah. yeah, yeah. I'm down with that. I'm I'm down to clown with Idris Elba as a supervillain I... in a in a fast cars stunt show movie because okay. that's the thing the trailer makes an emphasis on. This isn't a fast cars movie. No, it's got that fast cars stuff you love in it, but it's an action movie. But it's an action movie, and it's more of a people punching things movie. Yeah, some people punching through doors with the Rock playing his character punching through cars. Hobbs, I guess. Hobbs, yeah, Luke Hobbs and Jason Statham playing Shaw. Shaw? Something sure. And the point point of this is they don't get on and that's kind of it. Because he's like the villain from one of them. Yeah, yeah, that's why they don't get the, on. The Rock was like the mercenary after the team yeah. in one of them who then joined them. And I think... So basically it's a, here are two of the previous villains of the franchise in a team-up movie. Yeah. Where they're trying to stop a villain who is Idris Elba in a leather cat suit with guns and mutated genes. Sounds fucking great. Sign me up. Sign me the fuck up, sunshine. It looks really fun. I'm game. It looks thunderously stupid, mm. but really fun. So I'm it's a megalodon. It. Sorry, it's Idris Elba, but he's put a fin on his back. <laughs> that, well, I that... don't do this anymore, Mac. <laughs> <laughs> so the action sequence that ends the trailer 
with the rock abseiling down a, a, a skyscraper <laughs> and Statham in an el- in an elevator just watching him. It's pretty it's fun. It's pretty great. Yeah, it knows what it is. And the interplay between those two is great. Yeah. Like, I mean, um, Dwayne's a charisma machine. Like, he's in a lot of movies, but he's always a highlight. Yeah. Give him someone to play off of. Yeah. Like, give him someone who's a bit of the straight man and he can sort of cut loose and be a bit more comic um, book style he action. Can, he, he can get another decade of, of movies out of him before he starts his presidential campaign. So, you know, we're, we're all right. Um, Uz. <laughs> Jordan Peele's Us, yes. the first of a trio of Jordan Peele featuring projects that were heavy in this. It's the year of the peel. Year of the peel. You said and, that before. It's the year. This, it's the year of the peel. The year of the peel, and this is how it begins with Us. Yes, his second directorial feature. Just looks creepy as fuck. Pete Nyong'o, Winston Duke, and two um, kids. Two creepy. Oh my god, that creepy run. It's the the run where that person's running with the sort of their arms yep. are arched and their legs are going real quick and their body upper body's just stiff. Ooh, this is nice. I noticed that they held a little back on the probably because it was TV broadcast, but they held a little yes. back on uh, the freakier imagery. Like there's the the other Lupita Nyong'o is there, and she doesn't look she doesn't look as weird as she did in the it first trailer. Pretty freaky to me. Well, we got a new teaser poster out of it as well. Oh yeah, she's like holding the mask off of her face. It's like oh yeah. god. Yeah. Um. I. I mean, the, the less we know, the better. Yes. Uh. And unlike last time, where we sort of caught it a bit later. I'm yeah, seeing yeah, this. still in a packed house. We're seeing this opening week. I'm seeing this opening week. It oh is, my god! It looks fucking brilliant. And also, Lupita <laughs> Nyong'o and Winston Duke. More things with them, please. Thank you. All the things. Um, Wonderpark. I not know much about this. Say that again, but in a German accent. Wonderpark. Nice. Hit me. It's your. Ow. <laughs> it's your standard. That's what you get. Uh, it's your. St- <laughs> You've don't... been drinking Stella. <laughs> <laughs> mm, no, no, not going there again. Sorry, Stella. Um, if you want to endorse us, ignore the last ten seconds. If you want to endorse us, don't, because oh. your beers are boring. I love a minute. You're boring. I love some. Um, you're basic. <laughs> um, you're basic. Wonder Park is DreamWorks Animation, I think, if oh. I remember correctly. It's young girl is mad on theme parks and she likes to build roller coasters in a backyard. Is this an animated movie? Yeah. Right, I think I've seen something from this. And then she's like, oh no, it keeps getting into trouble. So then she discovers that the theme park of her dreams is in an overgrown forest and it's growing and and she's making it with her imagination and the mascots are animals and they're real and there's a big blue bear and a funny talking porcupine with a British accent and um, I guess they're a (laughs) There are monkey zombies that aren't zombies. They're just like chimp toys that overrun the park and they rebuild the park. Something, something, something. Roller coasters. <laughs> it looks fine. It's probably going to be fine. Like family facing animation. It looks all right. <laughs> but it doesn't, you know, it doesn't. It doesn't. It's not screaming for your attention. It isn't screaming for my attention. Hopefully, we'll um, be asleep. It. We all want. We want every movie to be great. But this one looks. Eh. This, this one looks fine. Um, Interesting that they were trailing this this weekend. This weekend, but I suppose they want to obviously yes, get them as, as in seats. The must see three D event of the year. Oh, Cinematic three D event of the year. Um, Elite the Battle Angel had a Super Bowl spot, a short one. Um, and we'll talk about what we thought of Elite the Battle Angel in just a little bit. Um, Captain Marvel. Yeah, this was a nice little short spot. Higher, further, faster. Yes. 
A bit more Coulson as well. Yes. Which was nice to see. A bit of Clark Gregg. <laughs> oh, they didn't do the full phrase, because the full phrase is higher, further, faster, more. Oh. From, and that's the name of the first volume of the second Kelly Sue DeConnick series. Yeah. Higher, further, faster, more. Um, bit of uh, Maria Rombo, who is the mother of Monica Rombo, who is becomes Captain Marvel later on in the comics. And also Photon. Also, Lashana Lynch playing um, Maria Rambo, British actress, and I kind of know her. For realsies? Yeah, What's she, the connection? She, went up, she was a couple of years above me in drama school. Oh, so you would have, you would have uh, uh, known her somewhat in your first year when she was in third? Yes, yes, the ah. year below Finn Jones. So what you're saying is, you're in the MCU? No. You meant to say yes, so we can dine out on, on this at conventions. <laughs> alumni! <laughs> alumni of my drama school doing big Hollywood movies. Um, there, were people, there were people who were in deleted scenes of like films who do conventions, so we could probably get you some signings. Yeah, maybe. Let's do this. Um, Let's do this! But yeah, Captain Marvel, it, it looks great. It's out in two months for you. What, what, what much would you to say? Um, <laughs> scary stories... To tell in the dark. And now, they had four little spots. I didn't see these spots, but these are based. Oh, these are based on the morbidly very good. The morbidly creepy children's books. Yeah. Um. I think it was three books in total, wasn't yeah. it? Yeah. I have no idea. And uh, Guillermo del Toro is producing this, isn't he? Mm. He's the overseer mm. of this project. Mm. Uh, the the trailers were very, very careful to say. Um. This movie is not yet rated. Right. So, so they might they might be I don't know the, what the imagery may this. be a little bit too disturbing for a family release. But the guy who directed this, Andre Overdal, is a, it's a, a Scandinavian name and the O's got the strike through it, so I'm not sure how to pronounce that. Um please do tell us if we're doing it wrong. Oh, there's oh, someone at the, the door. door. So you go um, get that and I will uh I will, do you know yes. what? I will literally tell me about. I will literally cannibalize this article to tell figure me about out what it means. While I open the door. So this um, man has a name with a line through go. it because, of course, he does. Uh, let's have a look at this one. So let's have a gander. It looks like this is a group of kids face their fears in order to save their town, and based on the icon- iconic book series, uh, it's based on scary stories to tell in the dark book series published in the eighties. So it's not that old. Uh, and obviously a bit of a passion project to Guillermo. Uh, so we're going to be getting that one later this year, it looks like. Scary Stories to Tell in the Dark? Yes, later this year. August, wow, nice, for a United States release. Now, I've seen, if you look at the poster for this, yes. you've seen the poster with the Scarecrow. Uh, this is uh, damn close uh, to an uh, illustration uh, from one of the books. Yeah. Like, eerie close to an See, illustration I haven't seen, I've done nothing of the book, so I, I couldn't tell you. They look creepy since, I'm going to have to check these out, I missed these teasers. Well, that's nice. Oh, did they show any imagery in the teasers? Any any sort of visual stuff? Yes, yes, they do. Oh, good lord! Fact, they're like they're fifteen seconds each. Let's just hit me. I'm going to hit you with these. Ow! Stop with the hitting and this the, is this is the smacking. This is pale lady. No, no this, this is this, ad, is this is an ad for Far Cry. New. This ad is longer than the TV spot. <laughs> just show me the TV spot. I don't want to. I don't want to see a thirty second Far Cry New Dawn trailer. In front of a 16 second TV spot for fucking scary stories to tell them. What are you doing to me? Although, because the audio is playing, uh, if you would please go out and buy Far Cry New Dawn. Yeah, no, uh, that would be great, guys. <laughs> oh, God, here we go. So this is called Pale Lady. This is Pale Lady. Based on the iconic book series. Oh, yeah. 
Oh my god, what was that? And that was it a was pale all, lady. It was, all, it was all bloated. And this in this one is red spot. Oh. <laughs> oh! 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 Yeah! Oh! I didn't need to see oh, that. Oh yeah! This For those who is... are listening, a little hair sticking out of a pimple just wriggled on this girl's face. Yeah, definitely spiders. Oh. It's definitely spiders in that in that big spot. Oh, J- jangly man! What the hell was that thing? That was Don't a jang- say a jangly man. That's what it was. It was a jangly man. Oh, this one. This one is very good. This is Big Toe. I will be shocked if this movie is a 12A. It's called Big Toe. Oh, God. Yeah. That's hilarious because that I I know a comedy version of that story called Who's Got My Hairy Toe. <laughs> that's that's the pale lady. Oh yeah, it is. Yeah, this yeah. Is good. They've gone for like full on creature feature stuff it, here. Mm, I mean, it's a it's a Del Toro flick. Like, what do you expect? I'm game. I'm game. But Scary yeah. stories to make you shit yourself. I oh, the that title. just oh just man, on that. that is. Oh. oh, I'm really excited for this. I'm really excited for it. I didn't know it was a thing until I watched this. And I'm I'm super excited for it. <laughs> I... Scary stories to tell in the dark. This oh. film's not getting rated. But Can't. it will make you vomit just a little bit. Can't wait. Can't blah, wait. Blah, blah, blah. blah so. Blah. You know this is going to get copyright striked in a year's time. Yeah. Like, oh, God. <laughs> so we just got a copyright claim on a video... <laughs> Big Downcast 95. Yeah. Channel Awesome. A very quiet place. Um, for, by Paramount Pictures. For using footage from a quiet place. I don't think it even was that. Oh, I'm, it doesn't I'm assuming say. that's the only reason they've done it. But here's the thing, folks. There's no, there's no video in that. It's audio. Yeah. I've just remembered something. And there's no... I got a copyright strike from... Um, copyright claim. Copyright claim. Copyright strike. I got a copyright things. claim from um, Paramount a couple of years ago on my 10 Cloverfield Lane review. And it said for footage of Ten Cloverfield Lane, and There's no just footage. like this, yeah. there is no footage in it. Paramount, Paramount, Doing fucking great work, great work, Paramount, good work. Mm. Enjoy the money that's not being made by an unpartnered channel on a video that is way out of trending by now. Absolutely stellar, um, Stella. We've got Stella. <sighs> Fuck Stella. Oh. Um, Stella. Season three <gasps> of the most depressing thing on television, The Handmaid's Tale. Yeah. Oh god! I mean, it's The Handmaid's Tale. You oh. either know if you're in or not at this point. It's going for the third season. It's a great TV show. Do you like being really depressed oh. and watching people have discussions about babies? I can't watch it in a in a in a a, a, a slightly dystopian future. I can't watch it because it just kills me inside. Do you like watching show. things with really heavy grey filters over the top of every? Show? Oh yeah, yeah, really. I'm heavy not talking it down. I'm just saying this as somebody who sat yeah. in the room and watched bits of it. Yeah, it's. I like escapism. I don't think I could oh, suffer three seasons of escapism with that depressing a filter to it. Too real, almost. The Handmaid's Tale. It's almost too real. Um, yeah, 
That's coming. It's getting a series three. Do you know what's coming? Looks like the hammers much now. sooner than we thought. What in April? What to CBS All Access in the states? But over here, possibly we've not had confirmation yet. Possibly Netflix or Amazon Prime. The Twilight Zone <laughs> produced <laughs> some episodes written by and hosted by, hosted by John Peel. Year of the Peel <laughs> Part Two. Um, I can't wait for this. <laughs> This teaser is like there's nothing of the show in this teaser. It's literally just Jordan Peele narrating. All that's currently and... known is four episode titles and some of the cast members. Yeah, that's all that's known, and and I'm happy about that because what's beautiful about the Twilight Zone is it's an anthology. It's different every week. Cool. Yeah. Right. Fine. Oh, fair and Jordan Peele's gonna gonna host it with his Jordan Peele voice. So he's doing it Rod Serling style. He's just gonna be there at the top. Yeah. And there at the end. And that's all you need. He sets you up at the tail. And he closes it out. Well, the trailer's great because it, I think, it, it uses very sort of obvious, like Twilight Zoney kind of. Ooh, this is a bit weird visual yeah. stuff going on. But it's just when he walks through that door and the camera sort of turns with it, and there's no one coming through the door, and that note just yep. just kicks in. It was like, oh, we're here. I it's think... back. We're getting. This is the fourth iteration of the Twilight Zone mm. on screen. Mm. Um. I'm so excited. I oh, mm. oh, can't wait. I love the Twilight Zone mm. to death. I, love I think it. this is going to be good. I'm very excited for it. As, as someone who was more of an Outer Limits person than a Twilight Zone person growing up, just because of the availability of the show. Oh, oh I and see. And the fact that I was... Oh, I see. Yeah. It's your make-do show of 2019, yes. is it? No, it's because <laughs> growing up, when I was getting super into X-Files, when that came along, and then they did the Outer Limits revival... That yeah. was everywhere. Yeah, it was. But I, that, yeah. I was never. I'd only seen like bits of Twilight Zone here and there, and the movie. You know what? Because you know what you need to do before it happens. You need to come to mine, and I'm going to put you through, say like five of the best of the original series. Okay, and we'll do it for the pod. Should we do a video. Yeah, let's do a video. Okay, we'll do that at some point. <laughs> um, I can't wait to show you the dummy. You're so excited, aren't you? I can't show um, it, mate. Cliff Robertson is the main character in it. He's so good. We're great. No, no more Peters. Uh, weird little trailer for Our Planet, which is a nature thing on Netflix. It's a nature documentary. Does thing. it look sexy? Looks amazing. Does it look 4K? Looks probably. And there's I don't some know. gorgeous animals and amazing, I don't know what 4K amazing looks landscapes like. in it. I don't have a 4K TV. Is it narrated by Attenborough? No narration that I could see. Not or watching hear. it. Not no watching narration it. I could hear. Not watching but it. But yeah, no. Netflix are doing a nature thing called Our Planet. It's got animals and shit in it. Looks whatever. It looks pretty. Um, we're talking about it because it had a Super Bowl spot. Uh, sure. Um, <laughs> I'll watch that. I do love me some nature. And finally. Toy Story 4. Another nature documentary. Another un- uh, underwhelming. Like, I mean, it looks fine, but like, well, I'm not sure what I expected from it. The, the Toy Story trailer that got me excited was the first one, the teaser. I... Not because of the trailer, but because I was like, why is that Spock? I was like, oh, I'm not supposed to be here. And then I read the press release. I was yeah. like, wait, the film is about the existential crisis of think... something that wasn't a toy, but now is? I think we need to see more of the actual plot in the trailers, because we haven't seen any of that yet. Well, it looks like Bo- they find Bo Peep, which which was originally the plot of a fourth one for years. Yeah. They were talking about it was going to be them finding Bo Peep. Yeah. And then there was no indication that was the plot of this. But this week alone, they've released an image of Bo Peep, confirmed that um, Annie Potts is playing Bo Peep again. Yeah, yeah. Which is great, because Annie Potts, yay. Yeah. Um, in that way where it's all like, it's been announced, she's going to be playing Bo Peep. It's like, 
guys, she already played her like two years ago. Yeah. We're just finding out now. That's yeah. how voice acting works. Yeah. She's been back recently to do some ADR. That's it. Like, that is the extent of the work recently. Um, but yeah, and and it looks like there's a bit with trailing to get home, including going through a fun fair where we see more of the two characters played by Keegan Michael Key and John and Jordan Peele. Peele. Year of the Peel. Year of the Peel. Part three. Toy Story four. Son. I think they're going to have a very brief part in it. I think they well, are literally. We've in the probably set piece. seen all their part in the trailers. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, just I, I want to see. I want Toy Story Four to be good, but I need to. See, I want to see a trailer that gives me some more of what the plot's going to be. Not a press release. Not like interviews. Like, give me a fucking trailer. That's what trailers are for. What's interesting me on this one a little bit is all the, the stuff they've all the press they've re- released around Toy Story Four lately has been kind of hinting that this is the last Toy Story. The thing was, number three was the perfect last Toy Story. So if they're thinking that now, that means they've either gone, look, we, a lot of people involved have gone, look, we don't know if we're going to do this again, let's pretend this is the last. Yeah. Or those who've made it have gone, let us make this with the intention of it being the closing chapter. And if that's the case, I'm a little bit more excited about it. Because I'm like, yes. okay, if you, guys, if you guys are going, no, actually, this is our final say, then I'm intrigued. But again, this trailer doesn't really bring anything too exciting to the table. No. No. Show us more Bullseye and I'll be happy. No. <laughs> he's adorable. It's not the only thing I Bullseye! He's what he's worth. It's not the only thing I watched today that failed to bring anything exciting to the table. Because earlier today... I Stella in front of you. Earlier today, <laughs> we... About three hours ago, we came out of a screening of uh, Alita Battle Angel... The long-awaited film from uh, produced and co-written by James Cameron. Uh, this finally directed by Robert Rodriguez. It's a film we saw trailers for originally in, if I remember correctly, December 2017. Yeah, with the yeah. intention of a late summer 2018 release, possibly. And then it got put back um, for whatever reasons. Probably effects stuff. Who knows? <sighs> if if it was, then good job because we'll say this. Visual effects wise, this is a stunning piece of work. Yeah. And I'll leave it there. Uh, um, <laughs> that's our review of Elite Ballage, everybody. We've got some brief non spoilery thoughts uh, as its own video, which you can find on our YouTube channel. Yes, if you're listening um, to us in the podcast app, mosey on over to yeah. Big Damn Channel on YouTube. Give it a watch if you don't want spoilers, and then come back to this after you've watched the movie. Yeah. But everything from this point on, boys and girls. Well, to summarize quickly, before oh. we get to spoilers, I like Stella. It's fine, it's messy, it's got structural problems up the wazoo in a terrible script, but it's some... <laughs> some... But James Cameron co-wrote it! Yes, because James Cameron co-wrote it. James um, Cameron's a great filmmaker, guys, but he's, it, not, he's it, not a good scriptwriter. Yeah, go and read his treatment for Spider-Man from the early 90s. Treat yourself, go for it. Um, read, read a script all about Spider-Man that was nearly made. Clearly written by someone who doesn't quite get mm. Spider-Man. Beautiful visuals and great performances uh, hindered by a terrible script, poor structure, poor structure, and some really weird editing choices. If you have younger siblings or kids who don't mind a bit of violence, like you've been showing them some older movies and you think they're okay with the rough and tumble and sort of fantasy gore and violence, 
I think they're going to love this. A lot of blue blood splashing around in this. Yeah, lots of cyborgs getting cut to bits. Mm. Lots of humans being hurt in ways that are not are nowhere near as graphic, but definitely still brutal. Mm-hmm. Um, so if your kid's getting a bit tired of Power Rangers and wants to move up and you think they can handle it, go take them to see it. They'll probably love it. And you'll get something out of it, I think. Yeah. But it ain't... It ain't breaking new ground as far as storytelling goes. Put it that way. And it really doesn't. It really doesn't think it's as emotionally affecting as it. It's not as, as emotionally affecting as it thinks yeah. it is. Yeah. Um, yeah. So yeah, let's spoil the shit out of it. Spoilers for like a battle angel. I like the bit where everyone died. <laughs> I like the bit where the kid from Bumblebee gets cut in half. I like the bit where all the writing <laughs> was scrolling up the screen. Over that black background. No, I, I, that makes it sound like I hated it. I I, I enjoyed Elite Battle Angel. Um, I don't think I did. I I I don't recommend it. No. <laughs> per se. No. But I, I definitely... Put it this way. I enjoyed it in a non-ironic way when I enjoyed it. I, I found it quite frustrating in the sense that I wanted to like it more than I did. Okay. I think I went in with no expectations. Really. Never let me like it. It <laughs> never let me in. Let the right one in. Close your eyes. Let me touch you. Oh, that's um, terrible. So, uh... Let's start at the top. Let's start at the top. Yeah. So, it's 300 years after the fall. Yeah, 500 years into our future. We found out... 300 f- years after yeah, the, the fall, fall. Which we find out later is... Or was a great war. The, and all the... Well, the fall particularly was the end of the war. Where all the great sky cities fell except for Zolum. Yeah. So as far as we're aware, Solum, I think I'm gonna look. Uh, Solum, Solum, Solum. So Earth was covered in sky cities. People fought. Uh, battles were waged on the moon. Um, I don't think they ever mentioned Martians, but there were definitely there was definitely Mars-based. It was the co- United um, Colonies and stuff. United Republic of Mar- Republics of Mars. So were probably... the enemy. So it would be like colonies fighting back against the home. It would be an American war for independence, but in space. Yeah, in in an ex- in a timeline sort of where like robotics and cybernetics advance, and um, it's very much a case of people enhance themselves or repair themselves uh, or modify themselves um, with cybernetics. Now, the story takes place in one of the sort of few cities down on Earth that is uh, in relative a relatively um, good place in it's, terms of in terms of like everyone there is relatively healthy and there is an economy and people well, they make it out people like have it. free time and 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 you know it's it's it, it's basically just like a poor city in a bit of a sh- it's a bit of a shit city. They make it but, they know. make it like out like it's the last city, like it, Iron City, mm. which is in the shadow of Zolum. Yeah, the last sky cities remaining. Yeah, it, they make it sound like that's that's all that's left, and these like farms and wastelands outside of it. And in the middle of the waste, um, uh, in the middle of the the, the trash that's poured down from Solon, because Solon gets rid of all its crap onto Iron City. Um, uh, Christoph Waltz's character, uh, Billy Humhey, what was his name again? Uh, which one? Christoph Waltz. Uh, You're so much better remembering names immediately after a uh, film than I am. Something Edo. Ida. Director, uh, director, Doctor Edo, Doctor Edo, something Edo. Um, he finds, uh, he goes through looking for mechanized parts and cyber- cyborg parts to help repair people. Dyson Edo, Dyson Edo, Dyson Edo, and he finds the head and core of a cyborg. Um, apparently, the core is all that's needed for a cyborg to move from one body to the next, and she is apparently alive. She has a human brain and a humanoid face and and all that good shy. So he. Uh, 
hooks her up to a body, which turns out was the body of uh, the body he was going to give to his um, his uh, disabled daughter, who was dying years before. I don't like, think she was dying. I uh, well, think they, she they, was sort just... of, they sort of imply that she wasn't well because he was going to transfer her to that body completely. Yes, she was. She was ill, but she was paralyzed. Yeah, and and she was in a wheelchair, and uh, she died in a horrific accident involving a cyborg junkie. Um, and so he gives the body to this cyborg and she wakes up and he names her Alita as we find out later after his daughter which is a, a great emotional thing they could have mined and spent time on and they never really They tried do. to! Yeah, they sort but... of touch on it in a way where they're, they're which is why I said I think it might be alright for younger kids who can dig the action but don't quite get the full emotional depth yet because it's sort of done in a way where I think yeah. it's very simplistic well, the... and ne- never mind for the actual drama that it could be. The problem is is with all the emotional beats in this movie, is that they try and make you care about these characters, but everything seems to take space over the span of about a week at most. Yeah, but or, or at least like the way they tell it. Yeah, yeah. It, it feels like it... To the point where the first... Like, Edo is bossing around... Alita, like he, like she's his daughter. Yeah. The, as, as soon as she wakes up, like this, the, the next day. Yeah. He's like, oh, I don't think you should go out at night. Uh, you need to be home before dark. And then she comes back and he's like, Why are you home before dark? And they have the first. I like, thought I said you should be home before dark. You she's, didn't come home. She's been awake for not even two days. And they're already having that sort of friction. Yeah. It feels like it needed way more room to breathe, which is weird because it also the film also feels about an hour longer than it actually is. Yeah, it's a comfy less than two hours total, I believe. Because uh, is... we sat down at three, 20 minutes of ads and trailers, and then it was over at five. Like, the credits were rolling by five. It's two hours and two minutes. Oh, there we go. So you It know, felt it's... like about three, three and a half. <laughs> so, wait, hang on, it's two hours and two minutes? Two hours and two minutes. The film started at like quarter past three, and we were finished by five. We were finished at twenty past five. Did it? Oh, yeah. right. Okay. Uh, sorry, I thought it was five. Yeah, what the hell? My brain! But it uh, it did feel longer, and I'll tell you why I think it felt longer. It had an act one, yeah. then an act two, yeah. then an act three started, and then it went back to a different act two, I actually... and then a different act three. I... It was really weirdly structured. It, got it to... was structured episodically like a manga. Yeah. And and because of that, it didn't have a finale. You know when they made the Lemmy Snicket movie, they adapted books one, two, and three into yeah, one movie. Yeah, they made a decision which irked some fans, but I got it even as a younger like you know viewer at the time. They took the finale of book one and moved it to the end of the film. Yes, so that the film had a finale and then reworked the story of books two and three to lead up to that. Yeah, yeah. Um, so makes you know, sense. That's how makes you do sense. it. And in this, there was definitely a couple of finales you could have had. You could have had one in the what do you call it? What was it called? Rollerball? Motorball. Motorball. So it's basically moti- rollerball. The motorball tournament leading into the rescue at the church could have been the finale. Yes. Or <laughs> the bounty hunter fight underground could have been the finale with a bit more of a build up towards it. Uh, yeah, you would have had to have ended differently, but yeah. Yeah. So, like, no, I don't mean just like go straight from the bar scene into that and then that's the finale. I mean, like, go from the bar scene, yeah, have yeah. something happen go away, regroup, get back, and then go back for the rematch and win the day. Yeah. Um, there were ways to do it and they just didn't. <laughs> no. It was so odd. But uh, the thing is, I don't, because I'm not was it read... A, was it a coming-of-age teenage superhero movie? I think that's what they're aiming for. Was it a um, 
teen romance in a very specific backdrop. Was it a superhero film with a cyberpunk filter? Was it a sports movie? For about 20 minutes it was. Because suddenly she gives a shit about motorball. There's definitely... And they give sort of motivation for it, but the film doesn't tell it in a way where it feels like a build-up to it. No, she just immediately falls in love with this idea of going around on roller skates and throwing a ball at people. In this amazingly dangerous sport where people get cut to pieces constantly. Mm. And but a, it's okay because they're cyborgs. And annoyingly, by Is the it? end of the movie, it becomes a chosen one narrative. When yeah. we find out that she's the last of what she is. Yeah. So it becomes that whole, like, you know, it rides on you, the rebel- the upcoming rebellion, which we sequel bait, relies so on you. we find out that she is the last of a... Martian berserker. Yeah, though she's a Martian, it's not a battle angel, so I don't know where the fuck that comes from. Oh, that, that was, um, th- ah, that was said in the film. Yeah, it said in the film. It comes from the uh, commentator, motorball, yeah. the motorball, starts to, eventually starts to call her a battle angel. <laughs> okay, fine. Um, I get that they're going off the title, but again, maybe there's a justification. I don't know. Whatever. Um, so a battle angel would make sense more for her designation as a warrior thing because they could say like, yeah, these things were always the last resort in a fight, and they they were said to uh, th- fall from yes. the sky yes. and claim victory. A uh, battle well, angel, her... something like that. I'd be like, oh, it makes sense. Her bl- her bland boyfriend, who is also <laughs> a, a parts jacker for. Vet, the bad guy Vector, who's a, a bad guy, but he's all, he's then being controlled by Nova, who's up in the city, who's but apparently Nova's, hundreds of years. Yeah, Nova's old. actually hundreds of years old, and was and and we don't know uh, what he wants right. or who he is or so, what he means, but we know from the flashback uh, she has that he's been the enemy since she was whatever she was in her yes. previous life. So she she goes into this um shit. So um the United Republic of Mars, which is the enemy in the Great War. They, her no good bland boyfriend has found a um ship. She goes into it and she finds what it, the, the same model of body which she originally had as a as a berserker, and Edo knows what it is and he's like, no, 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 can't do this, can't do this. I'm um, not going to do it because like you have a chance to start again and not be a weapon. Again, great idea if they've really built up the daddy daughter thing and he's like, I want to keep you safe. Like if you do this, if you accept who you are, they're eventually going to find you. But they don't and because this take is you what away from me. But it, like, this say is what it feels f- like it like takes four place over days. Four days. Yeah. After after he's found her and woke her up, this feels like it's like four days later. Um, and then when he sees how capable and strong willed she is to actually fight against people doing horrible things, and she gets badly damaged, he goes, "Okay, badly damaged." Right, as I'm in, she put... gets cut into several pieces. That was great. I didn't expect them to go that far. No, that was, pretty, that was pretty. That was pretty cool. impressive. And then her to just be resilient to the end, just be like, "Fuck you" to the bad guy. She still beat beats him. him with one arm. She plunges her arm into his face, beats and him then with... and then and then snaps her arm off at the at the elbow, so he leaving has, her yeah, hand in his head. Her forearm sticking out of his eye socket. Yeah, that was yeah. Cool. If this if this if this blood in this movie wasn't blue. The cyborg blood I mean, wasn't some, blue. There's some human death it and violence, be, but it's really... This it, would be a fucking... This would be creeping towards 18 territory. Yeah. Oh, God, yeah. This is like I, Deadpool 2 levels of violence against the human form, there, but the blood is blue. There were humans being dismembered in this, but they sort of... They low-light them. They yeah. don't highlight them in light. At one point, we see the neck of a severed head, and it's very stylized, like, red, yeah. glossy sort of thingy. We, so. we get, the kid from Bumblebee gets cut in half. Oh, was that his mate? Yeah. 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 He's the kid from Bumblebee. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Uh, he gets cut in ah. half, and it, and, it, and they do it in a frame in a really way. He falls, but in shadow, you see his lower half fall differently to his upper half. Yeah, um, like he falls in a way where you can see his legs in the back of the shot, yeah. and you're like, "Wait, 
Hang on. They're not attached you can't, anymore. You can't bend that way. Yeah. Oh. oh, there's a gap. There's a gap between... Oh, okay. Oh, yeah, cool, okay. cool, cool. Um, and he's cut... He's, to be fair, he's cut by, like, this blade that cauterizes. Monomolecular like, blade. Yeah, so it's like... Oh, I don't think it cauterizes. It, well, it's sort, of, it's sort of like that swift a cut that it sort yeah, of leaves yeah. nothing. Yeah. And the blood kind of pours out slowly. Yeah. Um... um because people get stabbed with it continuously. Yeah. Um, By Ed Screen's character, who's he, a minor antagonist. It does get his face, part of his face sliced off in a very, very... Ooh. He will be back in the next one yeah. with it stitched in place and not quite the same kind of way. Yeah. That but, effect looked amazing. Yeah, with like the... Sort of the gap in his head. It yeah. Just sort of the gums and the teeth like... Ah, yeah, he's, he's screaming with half a tongue. Like, and, like and, that thing from a te- the Technologic video. Oh god, Norland. Um, yeah, Norland. It's hmm. so yeah. She gets this Martian berserker. So she's a Martian berserker, basically. She's left over from the war, um, and then you find out eventually in flashbacks that her unit was attacking, uh, whatever this last city's called. So Sodom. Sodom, I guess. So- Sodom and Gomorrah. Sodom and Gomorrah. It did sound like they were saying Sodom. Nah, um, I'm going to look up because the uh, thing here, but um, it's her, so they, her they were, yeah. task was to get there get past the forces that were protecting it even as far back as the moon get there and take out this guy because as she yeah. worded it, he is the sleep was it he is the sleeping dragon He's something like that um, a, a Smaug reference, because why not sure. Uh, but yeah, she has a flashback to their attack on the city where her unit gets destroyed by... So, oh, fucking hell. You can't summarise this movie because there's so much going on in it. Uh, this is why 90% of the dialogue in it is expository. Because that's the only way to explain what the fuck's going on in this movie. So this city, this floating city is... Um, it is linked to and possibly suspended by these giant tubes which look like cables but they're actually hollow tubes because they send is it magic they send it's engineer- stuff even better there. it's engineering uh zalem 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 something zalem in the wikipedia article it's spelled z-a-l-e-m zalem it's zalem it's zalem um so uh the in the flashback her unit's climbing up one of these cables and there's a like a security ring, which is like a bunch of spinning blades that come down and knock everyone off and shred everyone, and that's how she ends up in the junkyard uh, for three hundred years. Yeah. Um, well, or, or somewhere in Zalem, and then dumped. And in then dumped in the junkyard. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so, um, that's <laughs> who she is. To fucking nail that, isn't it? That's who she is. That's who she she discovers is. that by engaging in combat. Yeah. Because it seems that something in her receptors sparks her memory. Which, yeah, which, which, which first... is seeded quite nicely. Yeah. Like, the, what this patrol thing's called? They're called, uh... The Centurions. Centurions. He's sort of, you know, um, bloody what's it from Robocop style. It's Ed 209-ish. Sort of, like, stomping around. Spider tanks. It's like, you know, stand to the side and all this stuff. And she immediately, without even thinking, sort of adopts a combat stance. So you have Centurions. Yeah. Who enforce factory law. Yeah, but there's no police, and any actual apprehensions are carried out by registered <clears throat> bounty hunters called hunter warriors, which is such a Japanese thing. Let's be honest. What should we name our bounty hunter characters? Hunter warriors. Hunter warriors. Why they're not 
they're I mean, hunters, but they're not warriors. It per does se. mean that we do get to see Christoph Waltz wielding a rocket-powered hammer, which was pretty cool. That's cool. That was cool. That's cool in his long coat and his in his fedora and with he's, a he's jet-powered of, hammer. I was I was always wondering about that because like a lot of the hunter warriors are cyborgs, cyborgs or cybernetically enhanced. Yeah. And he isn't, and they don't really give any indication as to what his rep is like. Because mm. it's like, is he sh- is he shunned by them? But then you realise, no, he gives free repairs to them. Yeah, and that's why his assistant's a bit annoyed when he gets paid once by someone with like oranges. Oh yeah, no, like, that's the first time she. Speaks. Oh my god, that is when she speaks. Yeah, and then she doesn't speak again for another hour, hour and, and forty half. minutes. Yeah. yeah. Oh god, that's what so she, strange. Um, that actor, by God, she where was... Where is she? Where is she? Where is she? She had a thankless role. Uh, Idara Victor plays Nurse Gearhard. Is that her name? Nurse what Gearhard. a great name, and I think yeah. we hear it once. Um, <laughs> yeah, she was, she was she, really good, but she gets nothing to say yeah, after that. Yeah, nothing to say, nothing to do. Um, so he gives free repairs to the other hunter-warriors. Mm. Um, so I guess that's why they don't they don't hate him, because they're like, this guy's great, he patched me up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, and him being a hunter-warrior, they obviously, you know... But also, hunter-warriors can't just go around killing people willy-nilly. There has to be a bounty out on them. Yeah, so that's how the so. law and order works. If there's a murderer, the murderer gets, like, identified, and then the hunter-warriors can go and claim the which, kill which is how on behalf of the government, and they get paid credits for it. The Ed Screen bount- uh, hunter-warrior, the uh, Zappen, or Zappain. Uh, uh, oh, these names Zapen? Zapen. 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 Whatever. Zapen. Whatever. Um, Ed Screen. Ed Screen. The he, bounty hunter. He tries to uh, he tries to get to Alita by framing her boring boyfriend Hugo for murdering his mate by murdering his mate and murdering a cyborg. And yeah. And then he, and then and then he's just wanted for murder. And he's, he's, not, he's not trying to get to Alita because he's no witnesses. To, he's not trying to get to Alita because he's trying to destroy her. He's doing it for petty reasons. Yeah, he's doing it because she beat him up in a fight yeah. earlier on, and he just wants to sort of be like, "Oh, well, she's gone now. And I'm the best again." And his whole plan is like, "Oh, I, I either have to, I either kill the kid and collect the bounty and humiliate her, or I first hurt force her to kill the kid." To collect the bounty and humiliate her because she's now. Oh yes, also she registers as a as a hunter warrior. Ah! There's also Jennifer Connelly. Oh god, playing uh, ex-wife of Christoph Waltz and um, mother to their their uh, deceased child, who's evil until she isn't, and then she's a brain in a jar. And then she's a brain in a jar. <laughs> but it's revealed that that's ha- it's revealed that that's happened to her in a way that isn't done with any drama or gravitas yep, at yep. all. And also because the 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 passage of time in this movie is so poorly um, oh communicated that it feels like it 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 happens in the time it takes for Elita to <laughs> get, get there, but. To get because she goes in the lobby, she destroys all the centurions in the lobby, and then she she crashes in from the roof of the building that she's just entered into Vector's office. Yeah, she goes yeah. in through the lobby and then crashes. Mm. Add to that the implication in the very brief line that's then given by Vector yeah. is that. Up there, when you send people to wherever the thingy city, up there, all the the bad guy. What's the bad guy called again? Nova. Nova. All that Nova actually wants 
is the intelligence and resources of the people down there. He's not fussed about the people coming up, just their resources. Yeah. The implication being that she is a brain and eyes and receptors in a case. And hands. And hands. Because that's what he wants. He just wants the brain. He's not fussed about her, but he wants her mind. For his experiments. Again, no drama or sting. No. Her name isn't significantly sort of lyrical enough that when he says the name of who it is, you go, Oh my God! You just go, Oh, that's Jennifer Connelly. Yeah. It's delivered with nothing. Alita shows no response to it. Nope. Which is fair enough, she has no relationship connection connection. to it. But that's why you need, like, Christoph Waltz's character in the scene, who was married to her and could react to it Yeah, they had a child together, but no. They have one scene together early on. Oh, and they have another scene together later, after um, Alita gets injured. It's just... Ugh. And it's, then, a, it's a shit script. She's it being, is a shit script. She spends time being shitty about Alita, and then all of a sudden becomes maternal towards her because reasons. Yeah. It, it's just and, and a that, mess. And then starts to leave the room, and you hear a clunking sound like there's someone outside. And that's it. No, you and, see him come I'm in. I'm guessing that is meant to be something approaching to stop no, him taking uh, her head off. No, it's, no, you see him come in. It's, um, what's his name? Grish... Uh, Jackie L. Haley's cyborg dude. Big old, um... Grishnikov or whatever Big old, big old, uh, flipping overt oh. kill. The names are just Did he look like, did he look overt kill? Yeah, he looked like yeah. overt kill from Spawn. <clears throat> um, it... The names but are with feet. shocking. He had feet. We saw his feet several times. Because I know Rob Liefeld also had a draft of drawing those I, characters. Uh, I can name, <laughs> I can name maybe two, three characters from this movie. no, Name, characters I can name from this movie. Dysonido, Alita, Vector, Nova. Hugo. Oh, Hugo. The boring boyfriend with the weird name. Nurse? Dunno. All the bounty hunters, hunter warriors, they get name checked. Can't remember what the fucking names are. This is such Can't a remember how to pronounce He's one of the most feared, feared like, thing he's in all the lines, all the hand-to-hand combat. He's had yeah. over 200 confirmed kills. This is a screwhead. Oh, screw screw head, screw head. This is screw head. Screw head. She's one of the most dangerous bounty hunters around. Moves on. This guy yeah. has got. It's like, hang on, hang on, hang on. They what? literally do a. They literally do a name check of all these hunter warriors in the hunter warrior bar, and then you see a bunch of them get taken out by a leader in a in a in a sports game later on, which is actually a setup. They they set up a free for all motorball exhibition match to find new talent. To set up Alita to be taken down by all these hunter warriors and people who have bounties on their heads in disguise. Is the implication there that the meeting Hugo had with Vector, in that meeting Hugo, uh, Vector has Vector's encouraged him to put her forward for Thingy Ball? And yeah. then obviously some time has to have passed. And also got information from Hugo about Alita. Yeah. But, uh, uh, uh. but again, they could have conveyed that more. If this was, if this was a sports movie... If it was, it was a sports movie and she did a bit of like vigilante stuff on the side as the story develops, it kind of make more sense that that'd be like his final ambush. As it stands, it's, well, I really hope she has the stomach to actually join a tournament for reasons. It's so it's, dumb. Because mm. oh, they want to get up to the city, the floating city, because Hugo wants to get up to the floating city. So because Hugo wants to do it, she wants to do also, it. Also, how does Vector even know and that she's back? Even... even because uh, well, how does he know she's back and has a body even the last time anyone on his side knew what had happened to her it was his big henchman and he cut her to pieces yeah <laughs> yeah 
episodic. It's yeah. episodic, but crammed into a film. It doesn't quite or maybe work. maybe something does happen in between, and I just don't know what it was because the movie is a mess. Hey, it'll all make sense because our big bad Nova has been watching everyone from the beginning, and he can sort of. He can I, hijack what? people. He can hijack people, but we only see him hijack two people. Uh, Grushka, the the whatever he's called, yeah. the Jackie Earl Haley motherfucker, and Vector. Yeah. So when he did that to, to Grushka, I was like, oh, should we do it to cyborgs? But then he does it to Vector. I think it, Vector. I was like, oh, is Vector a bit cyborg? But, it, but like, it's not clear that he's doing it. And it's also unclear in that scene whether Grushka's just gone to sleep because Nova has taken his mind, taken his for, mind a for a to second use it, as a, use it as a camera or basically. if he's dead because yeah. Jennifer Connelly looks at him and says he's gone and you don't know if she means that Nova's gone or if Grushka's dead or and then um, Vector starts speaking and his eyes are blue it's like oh no he's there and it's like oh what the fuck is going on so you're probably wondering who is this Nova so Nova is like apparently the villain from whenever back when yeah, is the, is the bad guy behind all the stuff that Alita and her mentor, who we see in the flashbacks, who's played by Michelle Rodriguez, um, was yes. was going to take down, and he's somehow still alive, and he makes references to immortality. He says the only way I enjoy immortality is by no, causing the die. causing yeah. yeah the causing the suffering. No, what, what, no what, watching, watching other people why was it, Yeah, watching the suffering and other people dying. No, no, no suffering. Watching other people die. Oh, no, I think that was just us. We were suffering. Oh, yeah, we were suffering. Watching the film. We were suffering. Um, yeah, watching other people die. That, that was the only way he sort of appreciates his immortality. It's like, okay, there's an interesting idea there. But who is he? And what is his bad... What is his big bad scheme? Why is he the villain? Why is he, why is he messing with his bad self? Well, we're not going to know, guys, because they're saving it for a sequel. But they leave you with a little tease. Because you get to see him a couple times toward the end of the film. You sort of see him in a room. You see him in a flashback. And he's a little dude. Like, he's got, like, um, white hair, like, combed back at the top. He looks like James Cameron. Evil Professor Coat and a thin face and very pronounced sort of nose and lips like James Cameron. And he's got these weird little goggles on. And then at the end... They give you a brief shot of him just taking the goggles off and smiling to himself. And it's like, oh, that's Ed Norton. Is there more film? Is there going to be another, like, 20 minutes? I hope not, because at that point, I'd already said, it's as, um... Oh, okay, so... Ed Norton's not credited, because they're hoping yeah. that that alone will make you go... It's the Grindelwald thing. Yeah. The end of Fantastic Beast was just like, oh, it's Johnny Depp. Yeah. Why? Why? The film's over now. Why, God, why? Yeah. <laughs> And yeah, so... Are um, talking about the climbing up the chair? Yeah. Oh. It's just, it's, so, her. Uh, so, oh, uh, fuck. You guys got a bounty on his head. Alita's <laughs> not mother, Jennifer Connelly. Yeah. Um, helps Alita... She reminds you of the babe. With Hugo. Yeah. Which is like, right, we'll cut off his head. You know, she doesn't say this, but this no, is what This what is happens. what you find out what's yeah. happened. We'll cut off his head and he's can connect yeah. him to your heart. Which is like one of the most powerful yeah. uh, power It could power, uh, power Iron City for years. <clears throat> so, um, there is some techno wanky wizardry yeah. there. She's made of way. lost technology. But also it's pumping blood round so she can keep pumping blood into his brain. Yeah. Avoiding your brain damage. Um, so she takes... So she, so she claims the bounty with his head but it's actually connected to her heart um, which Ed Screen notices but then she cuts Ed Screen's face off and takes his sword um, for being such a ninny. Um, is that a word that I can use, ninny? I don't know. Probably, um, <laughs> probably not. Uh, and then they put Hugo's head on a robot body and then Hugo 
runs off and tries to climb up to the city up the up the cables, which we know from from the flashback that Alita's had that there are security rings on there that will shred yeah. anyone who tries to come up them. So, and when this well, we also know that she was from there in yeah. some way. No, no, she was from there. Well, based on what we know, she was destroyed in there and left to rot. Whatever, yes, and yeah, dumps yeah. on the ground. Um, yeah. But and, and and it's at that point where I'm just like, Jesus Christ, is this still going? <laughs> because we've had all the plot threads, as it were, that could conceivably be wrapped up within the within the time frame of this movie, had been wrapped up by that point. Mm. But no. It was still going. <sighs> and so he tries to jump over the ring when Nova sends it down. They're not automatic. Nova triggered them, triggers them. Mm. So he tries to jump over so, and he gets So shredded. stage before the actual final boss fight. Yes. Kind of stuff. I'm going to insert these obstacle courses yes. for them to jump around. Uh, Hugo's new cyborg body gets shredded. and But Alita tries to save him. But she can't save him and he ends up falling off into... <laughs> So that was, so the whole thing was pointless. Of him being of saving him and putting saved. him in a cyborg body was fucking pointless. Yeah, you could have cut it. <laughs> you could have cut it. They could have cut it. Or just killed him. It would have had the same effect. It would have had more of an effect. You would have felt more of a determination because the last shot of the movie is a really cool sort of like I'm coming for you. Like look yeah. to the top. Which again, if the, if they hadn't sequel baited would be cool because then you'd end the film with the notion of like ah oh, so after this mm. point her mission is to get up there that's great but this, cool is, ending. this is also after but it's also a off break. screen yeah. she's in over the course of several months we're told that several yeah. months have passed in between that and the end uh, the, uh, the last scene where she's climbed to the top of the motorball league and has a chance at becoming the final champion who gets sent up to the city. But then we've already discovered from Vector that people only get sent up to the city as brains in jars. But does that apply to the people who go up as final champions? I don't fucking I'd, know. I'd, I'd but then read, Vector's I'd out of the read, picture because she's killed him. I'd have to read the manga, but based on any evidence given in this movie, no one exists up there but Nova mm. and a big freaking bank of intelligence. And on the, we know that people do... do do live there because Edo and his oh, wife come from there. Down, if yeah. they've got the gem in their foreheads, they come from there. Oh, the implication being if you like if you've come up, if you already if you're back down, if you've already come back down, there's no way you're going back up, yes. essentially. Um Okay. Because I, I liked um what's it, Vector's thing about saying like better to you know better, better to rule in hell rule in hell than serve in heaven. Yeah. It's um, done quite well, and the way he explains that in that moment, you go, okay, I get his yeah. motivation now. Mashal Ali's great in this. Yeah, playing a couple of roles yes. as well, because he plays Did a lot of you know, his broadcasts on, on, uh, in Iron City. Yeah. No, like, Nova especially talks when he's dying. a lot through him as well, yeah. And when he's yeah. dying, it's, it's yeah, because he, he obviously happens a lot, because the whole thing like, I hate it when he does that. Yeah. And he's like, he's obviously got a bit of routine, like washing his face he really, and trying yeah, to calm himself really makes down. uncomfortable. Um, but yeah, there's that bit when he's dying, like when he gets stabbed by Alita and, and Vector's body's dying whilst Nova is talking to Alita through Vector. So very calmly. So very calmly speaking to her as the body's obviously making it a little difficult for him to say things. Yeah. But he's not reacting like he's dying because he isn't. He's just broadcasting. So there's some great performance stuff in there and, and this you know, is one of the few ideas. One of the few really good lines in the movie is after she stabs him. And of course, Nova's pilot infected. He just looks down at the wound. He's like, "Oh, that looks fail." Yeah, that's actually that's actually not a bad line. <laughs> but there's so because there's no there's so few lines in this movie that are just 
have the room to breathe and aren't exposition and my cat's yeah. hiding. Why is my cat hiding in the cupboard? Do you want me to get it? Um, no, I'll get him. Uh, <laughs> he'll come out in a sec. Um, but yeah, it's just... He's heard the reviews. He doesn't want to see oh, Elite Battle man, Angel. Elite Battle Angel. It's a mess. It's even Christoph Waltz, who is wonderful. He's an amazing actor. and He's, he's in he, some sinkers, but he's wonderful. And he really tries to imbue this role with a like a paternal warmth mm. that the character demands. But because all the character's dialogue is exposition, there's no room for that to breathe. So you can see him trying to do it mm. in his performance, his mannerisms, but it doesn't come through because... Well, it does... Enough of it comes through for you to get what he's going for because it's Christoph Waltz. Yeah. But it doesn't it doesn't come through enough for you to have any emotional connection to him or the relationship between him and his ex-wife or the relationship between him and Alita. It just it just all falls flat. Props to Rosa Salazar though for having to act as well as she does through all that CGI gubbins. She's fantastic. She's, she, great she's, in this. she's the best performance in the film. Um because her performance Thanks to her and the, team, the artists yeah. who worked on Alita, like she comes through beautifully, and it, it, she's only let down by the simplistic. It does beg the question: simplistic though. dialogue and the fact that she spends a good chunk of the film as our way in character, but 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 much longer than she should be. She's asking yeah. questions throughout ninety percent of. She has no memories that actually has to learn everything, which is you know a good idea for our into the world. Yeah. But we still find everything out through a drip feed over two hours. Yeah. Instead of here's your exposition dump about 20 minutes in to bring you up to speed. You get the basics? Cool. Here's the story. We're going to learn some of the things along the way, but here's your basics. But no, all of the dialogue is exposition, it feels like. And, you know, it's Lucy, Lucy rewatched the Harry Potter films recently, and obviously the base in the books was cheating a little, but Harry Potter and the Philosopher's Stone is a perfect way of doing a bring your character in as your POV character, and by the 25 minute mark, you get it. Yeah. But you still learn bits and pieces as you go. It's, yep. it's a really perfectly done sort of version of that narrative and this just sort of stretches it out and it just makes it feel so long and so impersonal for a story that's supposed to have an emotional heart it feels so impersonal positives um the effects are amazing great cyborg designs great set and prop and great action set pieces great action set pieces in terms of like the visuals of them but again the emotional beats don't land at all Mm. there's some nice Um, there's some nice human moments considering everything that is on screen like like enhancements and stuff they they don't they don't stick out like a sore thumb especially again Alita being the key example she doesn't stick out like a sore thumb in this world she fits into it well it is weird that she and her unit Mm -hmm. the other models of Cyborg that she is are the only beings we see that have those enlarged eyes yeah everyone else just looks so why bother uh, again, like, why had, had they given us a little bit more to do with that? Maybe we'd get it. Like, I don't know. Why bother doing all that shit to make her look like that when you didn't need to? Yeah. Yeah, very true. Because it's never justified. We're waiting for the technology to catch. I, I, you know what? We've not looked at the manga, but I guarantee it's to do with the design of the character in the manga. Probably. That'll be why. I'm going to have a look at some tonight, I think, after doing this podcast. Um, it's a film. It's a film. I didn't hate it. I didn't love it. Uh, I didn't even like it. Take your kids who don't mind a bit of violence and a, and a really good use of the f bomb. You were saying before, oh as well, yeah. Like I, the, the one thing I will give it, it has the the, 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 the it's again I say this in our in our video that's up. Its use of the f bomb 
the single F bomb that PG thirteen slash twelve A over here films get is second only to X Men First Class, which mm. has the best one hands down. Yeah. In this, it's great. It's said by the one character you would never assume would say it as and, well. And oh, that's why it's beautifully done. Oh, it's very good. It's very good. More Rosa Salazar. I, think. I mean, she's in a lot, mm. but like, she's not a household name. But more Rosa Salazar, please. Yeah. God, yes. Yeah, she's great in this. She's wonderful in this. Great mocap performance and and great voice delivery and. It's it's very it's very much the film equivalent of like when you get a TV drama where the actors are trying their damnedest to make it more than what it is, but the script isn't servicing them well. No, the script except, is actively hindering them. Except this also gives you the wonderful distraction of some pretty cool action set pieces and some great cyber cyborg violence. Yeah. So, watch it on Netflix when it rocks up. Don't touch my keyboard, Talon. Don't touch your keyboard, Talon. He's trying to. He wants to sit on my lap, but I haven't got the recliner out in the sofa, so he can't. Put a cushion on your knee? No, no. He, 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 he likes to sit on the recliner when you push it out on, mm. these, on these sofas, but he can't. So he's trying to touch my laptop keyboard, and I don't want him to stop the recording. Sorry, you were saying. <laughs> Sorry. Uh, catch you on Netflix. Um, if, if, yeah, if yeah. You think, if you think, again, I've said it before, if you've got kids who love sci-fi, whimsical, weird, beat-em-up, Power Rangers-y, People are comic saying, book action film kind of stuff, who you think can handle a bit more violence? All right, you've got you've got an eight year old who really likes Jurassic Park and doesn't cover their eyes when the guy gets eaten by the T Rex. Yeah, bring them to uh, a Maybe, <laughs> maybe. There's a lot of fluids flying around still. Yeah, yeah. People <gasps> getting bisected always to Sunday, but it's it's not glorified. No, and it's it's played more like you would if you were playing with a couple of robot action figures. Your main your main character does get cut into six pieces. Mm. And yeah. one character is reduced to a brain in a jar. There isn't much gore, but that visual is quite shocking. It's just that emotionally it doesn't land at all. No, no that's probably because Robert Rodriguez is, is with his 12 A's, he's very conscious of younger viewers. Yeah, yeah. Maybe that's why they didn't make a thing of that. And they didn't put in like a music sting but, or anything. Uh, but the, the, no, the really we don't want to scare the kids. The disturbing <laughs> thing about that image is the fact that her eyes are moving. Yeah. Her eyes are twitching. Yeah. So she can see. Ugh. Ugh. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, yeah, Elite Battle Angel. It's pants. Um, let's do some emails. And let's we'll, let's and do we'll, some emails. Speaking we'll of pants, let's we'll, take them off and read your emails. Uh, so this is non non uh, top, down to who top ten emails. This is the email that um, Johnny from Mastercast told us about before that you sent in before. Hi, Johnny from uh, Mastercast. Says uh, hello there, Chris and Matt. So hello, Johnny from, from Mastercast. This is from, like, this is from a couple of weeks back. Uh, Johnny from Mastercast here, which is doing reasonably well, actually. Thank you for asking. And I thought I'd have a bit of a gush about Stan and Ollie. Absolutely bloody brilliant. Steve Coogan and John C. O'Reilly are marvellous as the titular duo. (laughs) Tits. The direction was great all round and surprisingly unique and unexpected. That first shot, am I right? Yeah, that first shot's brilliant. And that it takes its time to just stick on it for as long as it does is great. And then any film that manages to make my stony-faced father teary-eyed is deserving of all the praise it's getting, as far as I'm concerned. Oh, that's good. Always good when these films uh, hit hit with your family. Um, suffice to say, it's got me wanting to go watch some of the old Laurel and Hardy material that's out there. So I put to you two <laughs> as lads... As to the new Laurel and Hardy yeah. material that's out there. But that's awesome. I'm glad, I'm glad that you're doing that. I put it to you two lads to give myself and others some suggestions for your favourite Laurel and Hardy films slash routines for us to go watch. If you've got any... I'm not that familiar with their old stuff. Let me double check the names, but um, Way Out West for sure. 
And that's the one we see being filmed in the... Yeah, because it will mean a lot more to you because of having watched it. But let me just double check. I'm going to double check the... There's a double bill. And I think I've sort of... I feel like I've talked about this before. I think you have. Um, There's there's a couple films which are... Is there only like back-to-backs? It's Ringing Bells. Uh, it is oh god it's that because Them Thar Hills it's not called one. Ringing Bells it's Ringing Bells no. yeah it's uh, it's uh, Them Thar Hills which is one of their 1934 short films so it's like an half hour jobby yeah um, and then it got a sequel Tit for Tat in 1935 Ugh. it's the only one where they went right we're going to carry on because obviously they're, they're sort of playing the same archetypal characters in all of their films um, you know each character is basically the same one um but uh, then the hills and tit for tat run in, run through each other directly. So okay. there's, there's plot stuff that crops up in both. Interesting. Uh, but tit for tat is one of the funniest fucking short things you'll ever see. <laughs> uh, they run this electronics store in it, and the next to this grocery store, and there's this whole kind of this rivalry thing starts to build up. Keep in mind, this one's only like 19 minutes. Yeah. So you can watch both of these in an hour. Um, but there's this whole routine where they keep going back. Every time they go back, they go to the grocery store to like bollock this guy and, and continue this thing. Every time they come back, someone's walking out who's robbing them. <laughs> but he's done in that sort of, as he's leaving, he kind of sort of, they don't see what he's got. But it's obvious he's nicking something. And he sort of clocks them and sort of goes, good day, gents. <laughs> and they're, they're sort of, you know, they're like, oh, you know, good morning. And it's just that whole kind of pleasantries as they walk past. And by the end of it, multiple people are trying it. So by the end of the film, they've got sod all left in the shop. Brilliant. And it's just so well that the timing of that is amazing. So, so Them Thar Hills and Tit for Tat um, is the one I want you to seek out. Uh, and, and destroy! And, and way out west, just because I think you'll appreciate how um, close they were in the opening of Stan and Ollie um, to that routine and the tone of that film. Yeah, in that in that moment, I oh god, I love that. One of my favorite shots in the films there, and it's, it's just as they're about to roll, and Ollie leans over Stan, and he just sort of says like, "So what are we doing after the?" the and he's like, "Oh, you, the two steps." And right, okay. And then you hear the guy go like, "Roll, uh, roll projector," and it's obviously the background's being yeah, played. Yeah, the, the, the back projector. And he just has that moment where he just kind of looks over his shoulder. Um, John C. Riley's yeah, it's such a pitch perfect little moment. He sort of looks at shoulder, smiling at it like, oh, it's that look of like. Oh, I love what we do, kind uh, of thing. And he yeah. just sort of—it's the one moment in the whole film where you can tell they are truly content. Yes. Even that, well, at least all he is stands obviously a little bit stressy because the conversation he's just had with um, Danny Houston's character. Yeah. But it's—I it's, mean, having any kind of conversation with Danny Houston's probably going to put you. On he it. rocks up and ruins everything. <laughs> not, not necessarily because he's dreadful, but he's usually bad in bad films. Yeah. Or the bringer of bad news in good films. Yeah. So. Poor Danny Houston. Thanks, Danny Houston. Um, Johnny also sent us a couple of links. He says, I also don't know how these links got there, but they won't go away. I've tried to get rid of them, but nothing works. I promise that's definitely what's going on here. You can do with them whatever you want, I suppose, but I know what I would do if I were you. And of course, they have the links to the Mastercast YouTube and the Mastercast <laughs> audio feed, so we should share those. Suffice uh, to say, ladies and gentlemen, you should go and have a peek at Mastercast. Yes, uh, we will find a way to share those links at some point. Um... Uh, Tom Monty's Come early email. Dancing. I'm going on. Uh, I'm going off. Uh, so we we did the Doctor Who bit of this email earlier, but uh, he says, "Dear Chris and Matt, I've recently purchased a PS4 in order to play Red Dead Redemption Two, and it hasn't disappointed me." Ooh, it's not a glowing review. Yeah, it depends what you're expecting. Um, <laughs> now that I have one, I've been having a look all the PlayStation exclusives and God of War 
The Last of Us and Tetris Effect are now on my radar. Chris, I know you have a PS4. Is yeah. There any, is there any other PS4 or console in general exclusives that you guys would recommend greatly? Um, Spider-Man. Spider-Man. PS4, Spider-Man, absolutely. Um, God of War. He's mentioned God of War, but yeah. Uncharted 4. Uncharted. I'm, just thinking, I'm just thinking of the uh, console exclusive for, ones. For all the Uncharted's. All of them. All of them, but Uncharted 4 is, is, is the... Um, Uncharted 2 is the best one. Uncharted 4 is the best if you want to see what your machine is capable yes. of. Yes. Um, uh, it's visually stunning, and you'll be blown away by the by the so many vistas, so many. Uh, what have I got on my shelf there? Um, Doom wasn't a PS4 exclusive, but no. I mean, you want, if, if you want to play something that you feel is grabbing you by the throat and yes. choking the life out of you in a panicked frenzy, although play Doom. If you're a PC, if you were a PC gamer prior to getting a PS4, then get it on um, PC. Get it on PC. Uh, if you've got a beefy PC. Uh, what else have we got on there? Nothing. No, I think that's probably it. Yeah, Uncharted, Last of Us. Last of Us, yeah. Because uh, most of that, most of the, the really great games on there you can also get on PC if you've got a decent PC. But if you haven't got a decent PC, then yes, Doom. Get ready for Crash Team Racing. Uh, if you I like, can't wait for that. If you like infuriating platformers, you can always get uh, Crash Bandicoot Insane Trilogy. Yeah. It will drive you up the fucking wall. If you want a slightly less infuriating platform, skip to Crash Bandicoot 3 Warped mm. <laughs> in that trilogy mm. and you'll feel so much better. Yeah, there's one uh, and two. Uh, I'm stuck on Ripperoo in one and two. Lucy's platinumed one. Fuck off. She's platinumed it. Oh! She's now trying to get the uh, the bonus trophies for uh, uh, Thingy Descent and everything. Oh, She's platinum Spyro one. In the Reignited Trilogy. She's platinumed it. She's insane. That's insane. She's insane. If you're on PlayStation, try out Yakuza. Oh, <gasps> yes. Any Yakuza game. Um Dip Also, in. treat yourself. If you don't mind paying another subscription service and you've got a fast internet, if you missed out on any PS3 stuff, then PlayStation Now is a pretty good way to catch up on a lot of that stuff. Yeah. Um, oh, is it now? Is it twelve ninety nine? I think it's Roughly. something like that a month. Um... That's not bad. If it yeah. saved you, it saved you were going to be going out and buying like three or four pre-owned games a month. You pay yeah. the same amount for a much larger range, and you can just do a month at a time. So if it's like you want to catch up on some more PS3 stuff, um, then that you can just do it that way. But like I say, you do need a fast internet connection for that because it's streaming. Yeah, failing um, that, just get a PS3 because if you got on the PSN and your PS3 at the minute, most games are pretty damn cheap. Yes. Oh, also, this is the last. I bought the Beyond Good and Evil remaster for two ninety nine. Yeah. Well, I bought Aliens: Colonial Marines for three ninety nine a couple of years back, and I've been playing it on stream, and it's fucking gash. <laughs> um, it's fun watching you play it, though. Oh man, uh, not finished it. Still, but I think I'm about halfway through it from one over. Oh Christ! Um, I know there's at least one big plot twist to come that's going to make people go, uh, "What?" And I just want to see it because I want to see how they do it. Well, and I kind of know how they do it, but. I'm just, I'm just, yeah. Can't believe you found. They really went there. Oh yeah, oh yeah. There he was. There's all sorts of fucking weird strong shit like that. I looked up when you got the. They mostly come out at night. Trophy. I was like, yeah. So how did you get that? Apparently, you just look at the dolls. Look at the doll close. Yeah, Yeah. you got close to it. Looked at got a trophy. I got Hudson's Pulse Rifle as well. Yeah, you know that's the you know that's the canonical sequel. The canonical sequel to Aliens, which. Mm. Based on the twists. Yeah. Yeah. It's going to throw some spanners in the works. Yeah. Um, but, <laughs> yes. Bean, anyone? Oh, yeah. To, no, this this month is the last month um, that they're giving PS3 and Vita games as part of PlayStation Plus. 
they've been lowering it though a lot over yeah, the last yeah. couple of months. They've, well, barely, got, been, they've, they've got, barely been doing it. They've mostly fucking... been give, they've mostly been given out Vita crossplay that yeah, you can play yeah. on the PS3. Well, that's yeah. because there's no there's no more Vita games to give. Go there's no more the PS3 beginning. games to give. Go back to the beginning. They gave. Go back to the bloody beginning. They gave uh, Metal Gear Solid Four on PS3 this month. That's the final PS3 game. Is PlayStation it? Plus. I need to log on and get that sorted. The yeah. January games is that, or the February the, games? The February games that dropped yesterday as we're recording. Okay, this. in that case, I need to make sure I do it's, that when I get home because I'd quite like to have fucking that good on the PS4. Deal. It's Four Honor and Hitman first season. Shit! Yeah. Seriously? Yeah. Oh, that's really good. Yeah. What are we doing here? Play some games. Yes. Oh, we've got one more email to do. Ah. Um, this one comes in from Brandon Kelly. Oh, sorry, Brandon from Brandon. Um, Brandon Kelly or Bran Branston? No, Branston. Branston uh, Pickles. This says Branston Pickles. Says, hey guys, you guys. Um, come on, to dancing. Hi guys. Just wanted to send an email saying, love your podcast. Someone with a mental illness, listen to it religiously. I just wanted to say two things. One thing, could you do any more top 10 videos with Doctor Who comics, books, or books? Or Doctor Who, comic, Doctor Who comics, books, or books? Or could you do ones with just comics from Marvel, DC, or anywhere else? Uh, I can see some more list videos. We can definitely do more top 10s. We've, we've done um, a few in the past. For example, if you check out from last Easter, uh, our recommended reading two-part, we did a Marvel and a DC one. That's not top ten per se, but it's yeah. it, it's a list of like our 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 picks for starting positions. Yes, um, there's um, definitely some top ten stuff on the way. Yes, we'll definitely do more um, like that for sure. Uh, second thing, uh, I'm a big fan of Doom Patrol. Uh, I think that's Doom Patrol. I think you've misspelled that. I'm not sure. Please correct me if I'm wrong. Um, and trying to get into some Spider-Man and Superman comics, can you recommend me any? Thanks, guys. Well, as I say, Ooh. we have done, we have done. Yeah, those, those recommends do. Uh, our recommends, but Let's off the top of our heads, Superman, uh, um, Superman, All Star Superman. That's a fun one. Earth Superman Earth One. Yeah. Uh, volumes one, two, and three. It's basically J. Michael Straczynski wrote three Superman movies. They're really good. Yes. Uh, and they take it back to square one as well. So it's sort of a it's done in the movie approach. Yes. Which is uh, nice. the Superman and Action Comics Rebirth stuff? Yeah, yeah, which you can pick up uh, collected together in uh, the Superman Rebirth Deluxe Editions or separate trades, and on um, the DC app, uh, Adventures of Superman. Yes, from twenty twelve onwards, it's just short stories. They'll, they'll be will be way cheaper now. It might even be cheaper to get them as a collection. Yes, um, but they're beautiful. There's some amazing ones in there because it's just different writers and different artists writing a. a Essentially, a comic length story in yeah. two or three parts yeah, yeah. each, and, and you get some really nice scope. Um, um, Brian Michael Bendis has just taken over Superman as well, so you can probably jump on the current ongoing either the, or Superman or Action Comics and have a great time because Bendis is great. Um, as for Spidey, uh, Spidey, I always I always recommend if you're looking for just a one off, the one off is a a blockbustery one. It's the Marvel Knight Spider Man. Yeah, the first yeah. three volumes. It's usually collected in one big volume. It's the Mark Miller uh, storyline, twelve yes. issue. Year-long story. That's really fun. Uh, any of the Dan Slot Spider-Man, the best starting place is probably Big Time. Yes, yeah, because um, the, the the lore of Brand New Day is already kicked in well yes. and truly by that point. So, yes. Yeah. Um, or you could jump on with uh, that Parker Look, the Parker Look, uh, L-U-C-K, uh, or <laughs> even jump in with Worldwide. They're sort yeah. of like they, they've started treating ongoing. Uh, the big publishers have started treating ongoing series like seasons of TV shows. Yeah, so they start over from number one fairly regularly. Yeah, um, so it's so annoying. Can... But now they've they've started to rectify that as a problem in the 
in the inside covers of yes. the of the books. The books now have a where to begin, and it charts like the last couple of iterations. Yes. So that's so why I got volume one of the Nick Spencer, the new Amazing uh, Spider-Man. Yeah, Nick Spencer. Stuff. I got that at the post today, and it's recommended reading. In that starts from that Parker look, and it charts them as like you know book one, book two, book three, book four, but it says the title of them and what volume they are on. Yes. So they're basically giving you the reading order. The recent history. And, and it goes right up to the end of uh, Dan's World. Worldwide. Worldwide, yeah. So um, it's, 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 yeah, that's any, with... any modern Spider-Man, look for a volume one and that'll come inside cover. They'll let you know if you, if they'll give you a hint on if you want to go back a bit or start there. Yes. Uh, they relaunched last year with Nick Spencer taking over as writer after mm. like an eleven-year run by Dan Slott. Uh, yeah, uh, it's arguable, and he's the one who'd argue it because he was basically part of the Brain Trust. Yes, on Brand in New Day, two thousand seven. He took over primarily. In... Big time was two thousand nine, two thousand ten, two thousand ten, two thousand eleven. I think was when he became yeah. the primary writer for Spidey. Yeah, um, um, so, so... so a good run, like revival in Stan's run. Yes, uh, so. And he, he'd said, had he known that Bendis was going to quit Marvel when he did, he would have stuck around for at least another 20 on Spider-Man, because Bendis currently holds the record for the longest yeah. amount of issues on a Spider-Man title, which is Ultimate Spider-Man. But hey, let's see Whereas if... Dan Slott, would, if he'd have stuck around for like 20 more issues, like another year and a bit, he would have beat it. <laughs> get, just get on, get on to your mate, Dan. Get on to your mate, Dan Slott. <laughs> I do have a Skype. I do have a Skype. I'm sure he won't let me calling him. Like, Dan. Four in the morning. <laughs> Get him to start double shipping Fantastic Four. <laughs> and you can do it with that. Yeah. Because off the strength of his first six issues, I would read 120 odd issues of Dan Slott's Fantastic Four. Um, Fucking too right, I would. Also, if you're, um, looking for, if you're looking for an ongoing series of Spider-Man, Ultimate Spider-Man start from the beginning. Yes. It, is, it is brilliant. And it means that you, you start with Peter, you work your way through the iterations, you eventually get to Miles' story, and it's it's great. And um, the current Nick Spencer run is is pretty good as well. Uh, it's it's very much a, a, a change of pace and a resetting of the status quo. So it's a really good place to jump on. Uh, and they've got a couple of new. Some of the older artists come back, like Home um, Butter Ramos comes back and does some more art for it. But you've also got some more. Uh, Ryan Otley does a lot of art for it. He's new, new to Spider Man, so. Um, yeah, he did, he did a lot of the covers, didn't he? Yeah, I think so. Yeah, uh, and I think Alex Milne is is doing some stuff on it. Uh, who did a lot of the IW Transformers stuff? Who's and I love Alex Milne's stuff. So mm. I think, uh, uh, no, not Alex Milne. Nick Roche. Nick Roche. Nick Roche. Who did Last Stand of the Wreckers? Uh, I think he's doing some stuff on it as well. But also, pick up um, <laughs> any Stanley, uh, Steve Ditko. Oh yeah, stuff. original because uh, it's corny and wonderful. Yes, if you've got the stomach, so to speak, for the the slower pacing and the cut of goofiness of like 60s, 60s comics, comics. <laughs> like Stanley Steve Ditko Spider-Man Stanley Jack Kirby Fantastic Four that shit is gold mm. it's really good especially FF Fantastic I, Four is, is wonderful I almost always have um a FF book on the go somewhere like <laughs> like I'll dip in and out of no matter what else I'm reading I'll be reading. I'll have a bookmark in a digital copy of a like a sixties FF book. Yeah. At all times, because I just keep going back to them. They're glorious. At any one time, um, it's there. At any one time, it. should you need us yeah. for anything at all? Yeah. Um, like so labyrinth. Yeah. Speaking uh, of labyrinth, you may have thought this podcast was never going to see the end. 
It feels an hour longer than this. Well, ladies and gentlemen, that's that's it. We's done, We're fam, done. We're this done. week. But if you want to talk to us, y'all know the drill. At Big Damn Cast on Twitter. At Big Damn Stream on Twitch. You can catch Matt currently plowing through oh, Xenomorphs plenty in the abysmal Aliens Colonial it is a bit, It is a proper shit show. And it's so much fun to watch. It's I, really I've bad. never seen you so determined to finish a game for the wrong reasons. Oh, I'm going to finish brilliant. it and I'm going to delete it off my hard drive and I'm never going to re-download it. You know what? You do it as the end of the last video. You've got to delete it on the stream. Yeah. Just do it. Yeah. You've got to do it. Exercise the demon. Yeah. Um, if you want to talk to us and send us any emails, because we don't always get around to them all, so get them yeah. and send them to us. Bigdamncontact at gmail.com. Let us know what you thought of Elite Battle Angel if you're one of the three people that's going to see it this week. And a heads up um, for you, next week we're going to be talking about The Lego Movie 2. Yes. Uh, which will be out betwixt now and then. So if you have seen Lego Movie 2 yeah. and you want us to have a little gander at your review, send an email with the subject header Lego Movie. Yes, if you're listening to this, if you listen to the audio release the day it comes out, it's out tomorrow. If you're listening to this on the YouTube, uh, it's already feed, out. What are you waiting for? Go watch Lego. Out. Yeah, <laughs> so go and see the Lego Movie too. We will talk about it next week. But until then, it's goodbye from me, and it's it just is. It just is. You know, what I was thinking we should get on for an interview. Whom? Liam Neeson? He's going to be really cheap soon.